Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the June 2016 CTSS quiz. We have 10 terrific cases for you, so let's take a look. This is an interesting case. The key finding is when you look at the coronal views, I've given you a marked inflammation and thickening of what is the terminal ileum and the cecum. And so really you're trying to think what could this be? So now we know the patient has HIV and right lower quadrant pain. So in a sense, I'm always thinking about inflammatory disease first, and of course I want to make certain I'm not missing a neoplasm. Now if you look, a lot of the thickening involves a cecum, which could make it either or, and then a lot of it also then involves the patient's terminal ileum for a fairly long uh, segment. It doesn't quite have the appearance, vessels look pretty good, of ischemic bowel, and Crohn's disease is almost too thick, right, in the, particularly in the cecum, so that's not going to be it. In terms of lymphoma, lymphoma usually involves a cecum. It could cross into the ileum. Usually it's bulkier. You may see some nodes. I don't see any nodes here. I do see prominent vessels to the patient's right colon. And this is most likely inflammatory, and a great diagnosis would be CMV colitis, which indeed what this was. With uh, AIDS patients or HIV patients, we talk about two infections, CMV and MAI infection. MAI gives a very sort of a wet small bowel pattern, feathery, usually more proximal. CMV tends to be a cecum and terminal EM. Just a very nice example of that. This is an interesting case. You look at the axial views. If you're very careful, you see that the patient's left subclavian is occluded. It's obviously much easier to appreciate that on the patient's coronal views, and this is coronal with a little bit of MIP. When you look at the vessels, the vessels in general look pretty good. So it's not really atherosclerotic disease. Atherosclerotic disease can lead to closure of the vessel, but then you see plaque and there's long segments of narrowing. Takayashi is you see wall thickening. This isn't wall thickening. And giant cell arteritis usually doesn't involve this region, but if it did, you'd see wall thickening. What you're seeing here is a filling defect, and that is acute thrombus in the left subclavian artery. Just a very nice example of that finding. This is an interesting case. This patient presented with GI bleeding. We did a CT angio, and you see what looks like a vascular lesion in the patient's uh, antrum. Okay, so now I'm thinking, what is a vascular lesion? Of course, I'm thinking about a neoplasm. Could be carcinoid, could be a gist tumor, that's a possibility. We've also seen glomus tumors that are vascular. An adenocarcinoma typically is not going to be vascular. Also, lymphoma tends to be bulky. This lesion is very small, and lymphoma tends not to be vascular. So when I ask the question, the least likely diagnosis, Angel carcinoma usually is not vascular, but maybe this is active bleeding in an ulcer, so it's possible. Uh, inflammatory polyp with ulceration, in fact, that's what this was. I thought it was a carcinoma, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but inflammatory polyps can be vascular. Also, once they're ulcerating and bleeding, you can get this appearance. Just tumors are a possibility. Usually they're exophytic and large in the stomach, but they can be small in stomach and small bowel. Lymphoma is probably the one that's least likely. I've never seen lymphoma vascular. I've never seen lymphoma this small in the stomach, and so that's the least likely diagnosis. This is a great case. If you look at the images without looking at the question, you're seeing marked thickening of the small bowel with a halo-like appearance. There's some proximal dilatation before the areas of marked thickening. When you look at the vessels, 
You see, the vessels are sort of a bit small, but they're very prominent. The vasorecta are very prominent. And we're talking, in this case, very long segments of the small bowel with what I would describe as a halo appearance. Could this be ischemia? Well, the vessels are patent, a low flow state. I guess you maybe think about that. Infectious enteritis, a possibility. Radius enteritis doesn't match a field. And then if you look at the history, this patient had AML and a bone marrow transplant. When you have a bone marrow transplant, I think of two things. One is infection, and the other is graft-versus-host disease. And so infection is a possibility, but I'm not sure what infection I would pick. MAI doesn't look like this. It's a bit too extensive for CMV. I'm not sure what I would go with, but when you see this halo appearance, smallish vessels, but prominent vessels, dilatation, but no obstruction, graft-versus-host is something you should think about. And although we don't see graft-versus-host quite as frequent as we used to, this was a wonderful case of graft-versus-host disease. The question in this case is, why does the patient have bowel obstruction? When you look carefully, there are actually multiple loops of bowel that are dilated, and there are multiple areas of narrowing. A view of adhesions is typically one area of narrowing and obstruction. Ischemic bowel could be long segments of bowel, but not multiple segments of bowel. Lymphoma is bulky. You can get multiple tumor sites, but then they're usually polypoid lesions, not multiple strictures. And you see also there's these enterolists present in the bowel that are proximal. And the thing that gives you multiple strictures and enteroliths and focal dilatation is going to be Crohn's disease. You also see prominent fat in the, vas in the region of the mesentery, so-called fiber fatty proliferation of the mesentery. So this is a great case of Crohn's disease with multiple areas of strictures and areas of bowel obstruction. This patient had an incidental left adrenal mass. The question is, what is it? Well, first of all, we know that most incidental adrenal lesions are benign, particularly under four centimeters. In this case, you look at the lesion as non-contrast, and what do we see? We see areas of fat and calcification. When I see calcification, there are a number of things I think about, including granulomas disease, but when I see fat, there's only one thing I think about. And surely when I see fat and I see calcifications, to me, this is a classic adrenal myelolipoma. And so, no, we don't need to remove it. And no, we don't need to biopsy it. And no, we don't need a contrast-enhanced scan. This is diagnostic. This is lesion is benign. It's a myelolipoma. It's a leave-alone lesion. Nothing to worry about. This is a great case, and I ask you what the diagnosis is, and I think you have to look carefully. At first glance, it's a big mass in the apex of the left lung. Maybe it's a cancer, though it's kind of funny looking for a cancer. Very round, well-defined borders. Then you see there's something in the posterior mediastinum, and then you see there's something on the pleural surface. It doesn't look like lung cancer, and truthfully, it doesn't look like lymphoma either. Thymomas can give you pleural implants, but how do you explain the thing in the left upper lung? And the thymus looks probably okay, though it's a little bit prominent that this patient was 30. It would be normal if the patient was 20. This was a case of neurofibromatosis. You get pleural-based lesions. You get bony erosions. This mass is coming from the apex of the lung. It was a large neurofibroma just basically hanging down. Kind of a very cute case, and there were some really incredible images. Unfortunately, I only could show you two of these. If you go in the teaching file, you'll see about 20 images from this case. 
This is a wonderful example. Nothing very tricky. Chest pain. Gave you a bunch of choices. You look at the aortic root, even axially. Beautiful example of a dissection type A, very close to the right coronary artery. When you do the coronals, you very nicely see the flap. This is type A dissection, okay? It's not type B. There's no intramural hematoma. There's some pericardial fluid, which is of concern, though I don't see blood. And this is not a motion-related artifact. I do admit when I see what looks like a dissection in the aorta, I look very carefully to make sure I'm not being tricked by a pseudo-lesion. But this is so well-defined, gated acquisition, coronals beautifully shown, very nice example of a type A dissection. When you look at this case, what do you notice? The first thing I notice, before I look at the right kidney even, the patient has extensive tumor in the region of the mesentery and periodic region. And you say, could this be pancreas? Well, it doesn't really look like pancreas, right? I guess it could be a big pancreatic mass, but then how do you explain the stuff coming in the pararenal space in the right periodic region? Then you notice there's also infiltration of the kidney and displacement. It doesn't look like a renal cell carcinoma. A renal cell can give you bulky masses, but this looks like something outside infiltrating in the kidney. It's obviously not an AML, and it's not metastatic lung cancer, though in theory lung cancer can metastasize to adrenal, to nodes, or to kidney, but the nodes are so bulky in the abdomen, that kind of bothers me. So I gotta be thinking lymphoma. Bulky nodes, peripancreatic, periotic, perirenal, Great example of renal involvement by a patient with lymphoma. Remember we said that when you have renal involvement by lymphoma, it's almost always going to be secondary with direct extension or involvement rather than a primary process. This patient had abdominal pain and you notice this bony lesion in the right hemipelvis. What is it? When you look carefully comparing right to left, you can see it's not just the femur, but it's also the femur and the right iliac bone. The bone's expanded, there's coarse trabeculations, compare right and left. Maybe you think of blastic prostate cancer, perhaps, but the patient had no history, uh, have had no history of recurrent prostate cancer. And why would it be unilateral? Lymphoma can involve bone, can give you sclerosis, but it usually doesn't involve the femur and then the acetabulum and iliac bone, that's illogical. And breast cancer, again, one-sided, and here the coarse trabeculae with bony expansion is not the hallmark of breast cancer, but it is the hallmark of Paget's disease, usually unilateral, multiple bones involved, pelvis is a common location. So a great example of a patient with uh, Paget's disease. So those were 10 terrific cases. I hope you uh, got them all right, but more importantly perhaps, I hope you understood them and uh, learned something from these cases. And with that, I wish you a great month and see you here next month. Have a great day.